Did you know Oregon's 5,000 manufacturing businesses provide nearly 200,000 family wage jobs and produce $47 billion worth of proud Northwest products? I'm your host, Shane Steinke. Join me on the Manufacturing Matters Oregon podcast as we take you inside Oregon's robust manufacturing industry. We're talking to innovative manufacturers making extraordinary products every day. From smart factory technologies to workforce and lean manufacturing, we're also sharing real-life stories, strategies, and tips that will help your manufacturing business succeed. This podcast is a collaborative effort designed to advance Oregon's $1.2 trillion manufacturing industry. Let's honor the spirit of Oregon's pioneering past and pave the way for our innovative future. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Manufacturers in Oregon and across the United States face daunting challenges when it comes to finding, training, and retaining workers. It's more than just emerging from COVID. We've talked on this podcast before about the challenges of retiring workers, but on top of the retirement boom, we also see a lack of young people entering manufacturing professions. There are misconceptions about the industry of manufacturing, the career paths available, and a significant shift in what younger workers are seeking from their work experience. Let's hear from a manufacturer who has taken a creative approach to some of these workforce challenges. Tyler Grover is the sales and marketing director at GroveTech, a contract machine shop in Wood Village, Oregon. Stephanie is one of his new employees. She's a recent graduate of Franklin High School, and through the Portland Public Schools Career and Technical Education Program, she connected with manufacturing careers. I talked with Chris and Steph about their perspectives on the hiring challenges and what it takes to attract young talent to the industry. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with them as much as I did. Hey, Tyler. So um, thanks for joining me today. Um, for the benefit of our audience, would you um, mind telling them a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do at GroveTech? Yeah, I'm Tyler Grover. I'm the sales and marketing manager at GroveTech. Uh, I head up the contract manufacturing division. I do everything from strategy through execution. So anything from business development, sales, marketing, SEO, digital marketing, I help with estimating. It's one of the uh, perks of working for a small shop. You get you get to wear many hats. That's right. You sound you sound like every other small business we work with. Uh, what your job is kind of depends on the hat you've got for the next uh, thirty minutes or hour or maybe half of the day if you're lucky. <laughs> exactly. If I get lucky, I'll get thrown back on a machine to make some parts. So, <laughs> right on. That's uh, that's your uh, reward for being successful at uh, at some of those introductory jobs, right? Exactly. How long have you been with Growth Tech? Uh, since 2009. So I graduated high school in 2009 and, and right from the graduation stage, everyone went to the senior party and I came into work to run five spindle screw machines. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah. you obviously grew up around the business and had a little bit of experience with it before you stepped in on day one. Yep, definitely. So what is it that um, that that drew you to manufacturing? You know, what do you call it? Formal education. You know, I never really liked school. I always liked doing things, making things. My my dad took the opportunity to start the company. And so that's kind of what drew me into it. When I was going through high school, I was watching him kind of build this business up and I, I would help out on weekends. And every once in a while, I'd get lucky enough to where a contract needed to ship. So they allowed me to skip school to come in and help package or get things um, ready to go. And so growing up in high school, being exposed to manufacturing at an early age uh, really opened up my eyes to the great opportunity and how much fun it is working in a shop. As uh, 
many of you who've worked in shops know there's a lot of characters and so it makes life interesting. Never a dull moment in a machine shop. So yeah, I like that. Um, there's, there's certainly no shortage of characters on the shop floor anywhere. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, Filming in our shop would probably be better than uh, watching the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't tell your dad that, right? Yeah. <laughs> he probably knows. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting that you said um, you graduated in 2009. I think in a lot of ways, you, you and, and your generation really represent sort of a, a bridge from where manufacturing has been to where it's going. And I'm, I'm kind of curious as someone who can kind of probably see both sides of that, maybe what some of your perceptions were about manufacturing before you started and maybe how those have changed. And maybe a second part of that, although I was told not to ask two-part questions, <laughs> is, <laughs> you know, is, is that function that you that you kind of play maybe as that translator in, in showing the direction that manufacturing is changing? Yeah. So when we first started the company, a lot of the procedures that we had were inherited from the company that my dad worked for because we started making the same products that he had originally made at a prior company. And so a lot of the engineering and design was done in the seventies, eighties. And so we kind of just took over those same procedures. We kept a lot of the employees, uh, same employees employed who knew the machinery. And um, over the last decade, we've really taken a step forward in embracing change, um, looking at a different way of doing things and modernizing our approach to a lot of our, uh, what we call tried and true product lines. And so we're trying to, you know, automate what we can. Um, we bought a robotic cell that's out producing like eight of these old transfer tables that they had back at the company, um, that my dad worked for before. And so just, just by looking at new ways of doing things and having a, a younger generation, you know, people say millennials are kind of a pain in the ass because they ask too many questions, but, you know, we kind of embrace the openness and asking questions and trying to look at different ways of doing things. And so for 12 years, we've evolved from just like a simple thing as going paperless. We've been trying to do that for years and we're slowly getting there, um, changing from an old ERP system to a new ERP system what lines of communication actually matter to our um, production teams and, you know, things that used to be tracked at the company before don't really, you know, we've been doing it just because it's always been in place, but just um, figuring out what's actually important to us and the goals that we're looking to achieve. So that sounds, um, that sounds really interesting. Um, I was wondering if, if you would elaborate a little bit more, you said something that kind of piqued my interest. You said lines of communication and I'm wondering how, you know, someone of your generation sees communication within the workplace changing or has changed in a way that you think better suits the direction that Grove Tech is going. What I meant by lines of communication, uh, the way we communicate has changed. Being in middle management, I'm like the bridge between our executive team and the shop floor. And so we have an open door policy, but not everybody wants to um, take up their ideas with an executive level team member. And so we have an employee engagement team for one that we're discussing ways that we can build a better culture at our company. Um, when I first started here, that was not a thing. We did not even know what a culture was. It was just head down. We got to get these shipped any means necessary. We were pulling all nighters and, you know, people were grouchy and grumbling and now we're really trying to figure out, you know, 
what's important to us as a, as a staff and how do we communicate that there should be some balance between work and, and life. And, uh, and as far as like commu- clear communication in the shop, I think it's really important to have clear communication between staff members on, on what the expectation is and what we're trying to achieve at the end of the day. And yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but <laughs> yeah, I know it absolutely does. And, yeah. and I'm not trying to read too much into it, but you know, what you're, what you're saying, some of these issues around culture and what you call a participative workforce and, and work-life balance and all these sort of things are, are markers of how um, the workforce and the demands of the workforce have shifted over the years. And, um, and it sounds like Grove Tech has really done a great job at, at trying to honor and respect some of those changes as opposed to fight against them. You know, I mean, sometimes you'll get some industries where, you know, folks kind of get cross-armed about, you know, everything, everything new is bad and everything old is good um, without recognizing that, you know, there's some, some real benefits to doing things the way you guys have. And it would seem that, um, that in doing what you guys have done, you're able to sort of reach a, a, a younger workforce. I'm curious, you know, if you've seen initiatives like this, have they kind of been, they've been driven by kind of a younger and, and newer workforce or is that just a product of trying to attract and retain new talent? Yeah, I think really, so being a family business, I, I think a lot of it's from the struggle between the next generation coming up and pushing towards hiring the, you know, their team of people, the people that they work best with. And so I think a lot of our middle managers are, are what you'd say like millennials or even some Gen Zers and our philosophy has been to really bring in employees and groom them up from the ground up. We hire off of fit, not off a of skill. And so it's changed a lot. When we first started the company, we used to hire only off of skill. We wanted the most tenured employees to come aboard our team. And what we found is that those folks have the most baggage and those folks it's really hard to find those people that have been working 30, 40 years in the industry and actually want to share their knowledge. Like that's a big rarity um, in in the industry because they feel like if they're going to change or if they're going to share their skills, then they're just going to get replaced with somebody younger who, who knows what they know now. And so it makes sense why they hold onto those cards, but for us, it's like, it's like that old saying, you're never too old to learn. You're never too young to teach. And we kind of just pride ourselves in listening and trying to understand uh, what somebody is actually wondering when they ask, why do we do it this way? Instead of, you know, get defensive. And we really try to put our egos aside and take a look at it without any emotion. You know, what are you seeing? What opportunity is there? And then trying to make a decision for the team that betters our processes. Well, I got to say that's, that's a, that's a really great to hear because, you know, a lot of times those why questions can be perceived as a, as a critique um, when the flip side of that is it can really be um, a signal of someone who's inquisitive and engaged. And that's exactly the kind of person that you want to, as you've said, kind of groom, you know, into some other roles in the business. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's uh, it's kind of working for you guys. Would you say that um, you've seen as you court new hires um, that there are, are stigmas that you think are commonplace or misperceptions about what manufacturing is? Yeah, I think the stigma of manufacturing is that it's dirty job. It's you're going to throw your back out. You're going to be unhappy. You name it. Like, but I, I think all that's wrong. I think 
the perception is slowly changing. I mean, some of the jobs in manufacturing are dirty, but they pay well and you don't really need a four-year degree. A lot of times you need no degree. You just need to show up every day and have a good attitude and help those around you. Do you um do you have any advice for any of our listeners who are out there in the manufacturing industry as they're trying to um, find and retain new talent? Yeah, I think I, I think there's definitely tactics that you can put in place in order to attract new talent, especially with like the younger generation, being able to communicate with modern means of communication like social media and just being personable. A lot of times companies, they make posts about jobs and it's like, you know, very PC and it's, there's no personality behind it. And it's basically like telling the younger generation, come be a factory worker. You'll be a a number that we appreciate, you know? (laughs) And so being able to like, just communicate with, with the personalities, being able to market your business, clearly communicate what you're trying to do. And then Hiring off of fit, I think is big. Looking at the open positions at your company and actually looking at a person's personality traits, the way they communicate, the way they work with others um, and hiring off of fit, not just uh, experience. I think that helps build your workforce up because those employees who are thriving and in those employees who are enjoying what they do are going to attract other people with the same energy level. And so I think you're uh, one thing that we've done, we put in place an employee referral program. So a lot of our employees are talking with peers and trying to attract talent that they know of in their networks. And, and if return, if they get somebody to come here and fill a position, they get like a little hundred, I think it's like a hundred or $150 bonus and everybody's happy. And now they get to work with a colleague that they worked with prior and that's great. I'm I'm curious, you know, in in hiring for fit, that's a pretty big shift for a lot of this industry. Um, how was it from the HR side getting, you know, your HR and your hiring managers to sort of transform maybe a a very technical or skills based job description into a process for attracting and then hiring and vetting some of those fit candidates that you talked about. Yeah. So we had managers and the owners of the company, the executives really sign off on who we hired the first five to eight years in our, in business. And, and that was kind of a, that was kind of a miss on our part. Now that we actually have an HR manager who's combing um, off of qualifications and doing more of the personality traits, making sure that if you want somebody who's like an, in an analytic position, you probably don't want to have somebody who's very outspoken and, you know, what on the disc, it would be like an eye. You probably don't want an eye sitting around the coffee maker talking to everybody. And you want somebody who's more focused on and a numbers person by trait. Well, that sounds like a process that uh, Stephanie probably went through. Um, before we talk to her, can you tell us um, how you and Stephanie got connected? Yeah. So the first time I met Stephanie was during manufacturing day. She was with, I believe a high school. I think she was still in high school at the time. Maybe not. Uh, she can correct me if I'm wrong, but she was coming by for a tour 
of our shop. And so that's one of the things that we do to try and grow the exposure and expand on kids getting exposure at a younger age. We give tours for manufacturing day. We give some of the uh, teachers a tour for uh, industry for a day. And so we want to just shed light on the great opportunities here. And so first time I met her was on manufacturing day and about a year or two after we met at Cal, the center for advanced learning out here in Gresham at a, uh, I think makers gone pro event. It's where multiple manufacturers around town set up a table when kids come by and there's games and um, some guest speakers. And I think Steph was there to be a guest speaker, but I had a table set up with parts and I was just kind of shedding light on opportunities that we had available. And she came by the, she came by our table and was telling me how she was going to school for manufacturing. And she appreciated the tour that she went on a year or two ago and it opened her eyes. She said she enjoyed our tour better than some of the other bigger manufacturers around um, the area, which was, which was cool for me to hear because some of those bigger manufacturers um, are trying to steal all of our employees. So it's like, ah, we got them. (laughs) (laughs) You did it with quality, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah. And so she was like, yeah, she was telling me how she wanted to get a job, but she was going to school and she could only work part-time. And I told her, we, you know, we have a bunch of people working part-time while going to school. We could work with you on that. And after that, I think like the week after she put in a, she put in an application and we hired her from there. And I think she was working part-time for maybe two to three years until she got her degree off and on. And then she got her degree and then came aboard full time. So great. Well, um, I know we're going to hear a little bit more from uh, from Stephanie here in a minute. But um, Tyler, I want to say thanks so much for sharing your um, your thoughts and your experiences there at Grove Tech. It sounds like you guys have a great model that uh, I know a lot of our listeners will appreciate hearing about. Um, and it's great having that uh, perspective and, and wish you guys all continued success. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. So thanks for joining me, Steph. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, your role at Grove Tech? Uh, hi, Shane. Thank you. Um, I am a CNC operator at Grove Tech. I originally started in our CNC milling department, and I was in that department for about three years. And a little over six months ago, I transferred over to our CNC turning department, and I've been with them. Okay. So almost four years there at Grove Tech. Yeah. Um, did you have any other manufacturing experience prior to to joining the Grove Tech team? Uh, yeah, so I was actually introduced to manufacturing in high school. Uh, I went to Franklin High School in Southeast Portland. We had a metal shop and wood shop. Uh, I primarily took metal shop. Uh, we had a after school program with that called pathways to manufacturing held by a company called impact Northwest. And that was really just to get students, you know, introduced to the manufacturing world, learn the terminology, you know, network and get some faces and names. Oh, cool. So, um, so that pathways to manufacturing program, was that like an after school or extracurricular program? Yes, it was an after school thing. Oh, cool. Um, so did you get a chance to do like some hands-on work with, with the company or what did that involve? Uh, Yeah, so we did lots of field trips, and so we went to various companies, like we've gone to Vigor, we went to uh, a construction company over in North Portland, and we went to lots of places. 
Oh, cool. So, um, so when you, by the time you kind of came into working full time, like you seem to have a pretty good idea about what you liked and didn't like about manufacturing. Yeah. So what, what drew you into kind of the CTE program at the beginning in high school? Uh, my older brother took metal shop and that's kind of how I, you know, followed after my big, big brother and decided I want to take the classes like him. And I learned about the after school program through him as well and signed up for it. Oh, excellent. Um, so did you have a favorite project from high school? Probably one of my favorite projects was a personal project. Um, I got to create a little like planter box for my mom. So cutting out all the metal, welding it together and, and grinding it. Oh, cool. Does, does she still use it? Yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, so, you know, you've kind of, it sounds like, you know, kind of from the beginning, really been interested in, you know, being able to do stuff with your hands. And then you kind of had a little bit of a a mentor, I guess, and, and your older brother kind of showing you a pathway forward. Um, I, I'm curious what um, what you may have learned in that whole process that surprised you about manufacturing, maybe some misperceptions or or something that as you got to know more about manufacturing, you were pleasantly surprised by. Honestly, probably that I learned something new every single day, if not more than one new thing. Um, it, you always have room to grow. You always have a learning opportunity. And as long as you show interest, uh, usually people are more than willing to teach you. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. I, I, you know, I was talking earlier about maybe some of the misperceptions that, you know, you only do one thing all the time every day. And, you know, what you're describing is something that's very different that has room for growth. Um, do you see manufacturing as a, as a career for young people? Um, I do. I think, you know, it, you have to be interested in it definitely, but if you just show you're interested and if you're willing to learn, you know, being willing to learn is a lot to do with it. You, I mean, you can go lots of places just by being willing to learn. Would you say there are other key traits or, uh, or things that you think would really help someone be successful in a career in manufacturing? Uh, yeah. Having like good problem solving skills, you know, constantly problem solving. I mean, today at work, I, I problem solved basically the entire time I was here, but it's really rewarding at the end of the day when something is fixed and it's like, oh, I did that. Like, not only did I struggle, but I learned this and then I used the knowledge that I learned to now fix it. And it's not a problem anymore. Do you find that something that is, um, is kind of rewarding the, the fact that maybe there's not a strict playbook, but you have the, the room to sort of figure out and sort of build your path forward in terms of solving those problems. And then, and then you have the experience now that from, from having done that. Uh, yeah, I, I really like having the room to try to figure out what the problem is and then figure out a way to solve it. And not always the first idea is what is able to solve the problem, but then, you know, not being afraid to go and ask questions when you are stuck and you have reached the end of your knowledge for the time being, or, you know, sometimes your brain just freezes and you're stuck, you know, not being afraid to go and ask for help also shows a lot. Mm. So, um, you know, Tyler was talking to us earlier about um, hiring and it sounds like um, you had a couple of opportunities to sort of learn about uh, Grove Tech. And I'm curious what, um, what attracted you to, to Grove Tech at the end of the day? So Pathways to Manufacturing is an after-school program through PPS. 
it's held by a company called Impact Northwest. Uh, so they have people that go out to the school and then they hold the class called Pathways to Manufacturing for Manufacturing Day. We went around to either four or five different manufacturing places and GrovTech was one of the companies that we had a field trip at and it just stuck with me. You know, the environment seemed really awesome. The people were really cool. It was definitely a memorable place and it, you know, it really stuck with me. And when I later, you know, regrouped with Tyler at Cal, I talked to him. I was like, hey, I remember coming and visiting your shop. And, you know, I definitely remembered GrevTech over the other places. Like, I honestly couldn't even tell you the names of the other places. So it was just kind of the vibe that you got when you were there that it just seemed like a place that you could see yourself. Definitely. So um, what advice might you have for other folks who are maybe in your shoes a few years younger that are considering manufacturing as a career? Don't be afraid to try. I I run into a lot of people my age that, you know, they they let fear stop them or they let, you know, not knowing something stop them. Like, honestly, just if you're willing to learn, you're willing to ask questions. I really think it it honestly shows a lot. So I'm curious, um, what kinds of concerns do you think other high school students might have as they're considering whether or not to explore a career in manufacturing? So... Exploring manufacturing, I think a lot of people are intimidated by the machines. I mean, they can be really scary when you don't know what you're doing. Uh, You have training for a reason and, you know, it takes time and the experience. I remember when I finally learned the machines and then I was getting into learning problem solving, you know, I'd get very frustrated with myself because I was like, I just need the experience. I just need the time. And you know, I'm willing to put the time in and it was just waiting. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, it's hard to, to, to be patient enough with yourself, you know, to get the experience that, uh, that you're, that's needed, but that's how everyone else got there in the first place. So. <laughs> exactly. So, sometimes we have to forgive ourselves a little bit in the process and remember that we're all learning. So I'm curious what um, advice you might give to, um, to other manufacturing companies that might be out there trying to Um, attract young talent like yourself? Honestly, I probably would not have um, explored further into getting into manufacturing as a career without like, without my after-school program. So, you know, being exposed to manufacturing through field trips, like if I didn't have those field trips at the young age, I probably wouldn't even have thought of this as a, as a pathway I could take. Yeah, it's really important. You kind of never know when um, when that spark will ignite with someone, and and some experience will kind of turn into a the sort of light bulb moment where someone says, "Wait a minute, I, I can do that." <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny, you know. As raising a teenager myself, you know, my wife and I are always kind of curious, like, okay, what what of this is she going to remember? And we never quite know what what kernel that we plant now will will turn into something later. Uh, and so it's great to hear that. You know, just by participating in some of these things and realizing that there are people like you out there doing this, that it even opens up the uh, the prospect that this could be a potential career. 
Yeah. I think like having the hands on, even if it's just walking around and holding parts in your hands, you know, you're, you're going to remember that because it's not just your vision you're using, you know, you're feeling the parts and that can be very interesting and awesome to experience. And so it'll definitely, the more exposure, I think the more known manufacturing is going to be. Can you quickly describe for me the center for advanced learning that you um, spoke with or spoke at? So a year after I graduated high school, one of the members from Pathways to Manufacturing had asked me to speak at an, a manufacturing event at Cal, which is the Center of Advanced Learning. And that's how I got reintroduced to Tyler. Certainly, uh, there's a lot to, uh, to, to glean out of um, our conversation with, uh, with both you and Tyler today. And I really appreciate the time you spent with us this afternoon, Steph. Yeah, thanks for having me. And now a new segment, the Manufacturing Minute. I'll share a few quick ideas for manufacturers hoping to solve their workforce challenges. First, connect with your local workforce boards, schools, and education programs. There are a bunch in Oregon, and you heard Steph and Tyler talk about a couple, offering things like shop tours, entertaining the possibility of part-time work for high school students. All those can be avenues for approaching a younger clientele. If you're not sure where to find them, contact OMEP at omep.org and we'll connect you. Second, consider your brand and how it appears to job seekers. Are you on social media? When did you last update your page? Does it really reflect your values and culture? You heard both Steph and Tyler talk about hiring for fit. Does your brand actually fit who you are as a company? Third, review your job descriptions and prioritize requirements. Consider removing unnecessary barriers. Advanced certifications or degrees that aren't necessary might discourage a young applicant. Fourth, look into operational efficiencies. Sometimes you don't actually need more staff, you just need better processes for those employees. Consider things like automation. Automation and digital communication methods can be a real attraction for digital natives. How do you look to someone who's a young employee? Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to talking to you next time.